Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. As we start this, uh, this series, uh, we're going to cover, here's what we're going to cover. And so I think this is a great series for the season we're in uh, because we are seeing a lot of people coming back to church. Uh, we're seeing a lot of new people come to church. People are looking for a church that the doors are actually open. Hey, listen, online, we love you. Um, but there are people as well that want to be inside a building worshiping together. And so we're trying to accommodate both. And uh, so people are looking for that. And uh, we're seeing tons of new people walk through the doors. And so I thought this would be a perfect time uh, just to take, take about five weeks uh, to talk about here at Canvas Church, what are the things biblically that we value, um, that, that we're after and that we're doing, because here's the thing you need to understand. Uh, the church is not a Sunday morning gathering. The church is you. It's an organism. It's growing. It's flowing. It's alive. It's active, not just on Sunday, but when you go to your school, because I believe schools are opening in January. Come on, somebody. I thought, I thought the young people would say amen. The parents didn't even say amen on that one. I thought the parents for sure would say amen. I believe they're opening back up. So when you go back to your, your schools, when you go to your job place, listen to me. You don't stop being the church. And so here's the thing. As Canvas Church, I want us to understand what are the things that we are diving into. What are the, the, the things that we value so that we can carry that out and see more people one for Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we're going to start that today. Now, we've talked before uh, about the essential of being planted or rooted in a local church. And, um, and I, I can't think of a greater value as a Christ follower in my life. Once I'm saved, once I'm set free, once I'm uh, walking with Jesus, uh, really one of the greatest things we could do is be rooted in a local church. And uh, we've talked about those things before, what it means to be rooted. Uh, but what we're going to do here is we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about the idea of what the soil is, all right? Uh, because the soil is just as important as... As the place. So being planted in a local church is essential. Knowing the soil, which is like the vision, the values in which you are rooted, is equally important. And uh, so we're going to tackle some of those things. Now, as we go through it, uh, we're going to talk. You can look at the website, what our core values are. Uh, but some of the things we're going to talk about, um, it's going to fall in what we call Legacy Sunday. Legacy Sunday here at Canvas Church um, is, is a time of focused giving. Okay, so, uh, you know, a lot of churches you go to, when someone got up at the end of worship, you'd hear them talk about tithes and offerings, which I think is valuable, and there's a place for that and a time for that. Here at Canvas Church, we'll briefly mention it, but we take one Sunday and focus on, on giving above and beyond. Focus on giving above and beyond our tithes. We move into a place of offerings. We call it Legacy Sunday. And that's going to be, I think it falls on the 22nd this year, November 22nd. It's usually the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And what it is, is a time where we focus in and we say, hey, we're going to give our biggest and our best. And here's the thing. I need someone to hear this. I, I believe there's some business people out there right now. I believe there's some real estate investors out, in, in, whether you're online or, or listening right now. I believe this with all my heart. I believe the reason why the properties haven't sold yet is because God was holding on to them till now to sell them so that you could contribute into what God's going to do here at Canvas Church in a big way. I believe that with all my heart, and if I were you, I'd hold on to that word if you got some properties you need to sell. Um, uh, but here's the thing. In the past, we've given towards uh, feeding uh, thousands of children in Haiti. Uh, we've given money to send hundreds of kids um, really around the world to a, to a, a conference, a camp on purity. Uh, we gave to Seeds of Hope last year, which is a great organization overseen by a woman that goes to our church here that uh, helps get kids off of the streets and out of gangs. And we've given to all of that. But as I've been praying for Legacy Sunday this year, I believe that God wants us to sow into the young people of our our own country. I believe God wants us to sow into the young people of our own city. I believe God wants us to sow into the young people of our own church. 
I've been praying and I can't shake it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, Ben, these young people, listen, we've all lost something through COVID, but I don't think uh, uh, anyone's lost as much as these young people, missing out on life events, missing out on homecomings and dances and, and, and you know, their junior year, senior graduations, all these things. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, Ben, I want you to sow into the young people of your city, the young people of your church. And I, so I started praying, saying, God, how can we do that? And it's been on my heart. You've heard me talk about it time and time again. We have an incredible, uh, call it a youth center, call it a gym, call it whatever you want. We have an incredible building sitting right over there, the one we just brought the gas line to. And I believe God wants us to sow into that uh, for the next generation and for the ministry that's going to flow out of that. Uh, you probably don't know this, but this week alone, we will have every single night of the week, that gym in its current condition will be used by two high school basketball teams. Because, come on, that's awesome, for free, right? We're not charging them for free. Why is that? Because they're looking for places to practice and to play but because of CIF. Uh, CIF, which is the one that oversees the sports events for high schools, is not allowing high schools to open up their gyms right now. And so they come in and their temperature checked and all of that stuff. We got the scanner right there. But they go in and they're holding their practices in there for free. And that's just the beginning, I believe, of what God wants to do with that space. And I believe there's lots more ministry that's going to take place. And we're going to reach lots more people. So I want you to come prepared uh, for that. Uh, mark your calendar on the 22nd. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. First Corinthians 14 verse one. Are you there? Anybody excited for the new series? Not enough of you. Anybody excited for the new series? All right. I need you to help me get pumped up here. All right. We're going to read one verse um, and then we're going to dive into this thing. First Corinthians, powerful book. Let me set it up. What's taking place. And I think that starting in January, we're actually going to do a whole entire book study on first Corinthians uh, because it's such a powerful book. And really, I believe a snapshot of our current culture. Uh, why is the, the book of, of Corinthians written? Uh, well, Paul has been on a missionary trip in Ephesus for some three years now. And we just finished that book, right, that was written to the church uh, at Ephesus. So he's in Ephesus, and as he's in Ephesus, he gets a letter sent to him talking about some things that are happening at the church in Corinth. And when he receives this letter, he meditates on it, mulls it over, and then he sends back what is known as 1 Corinthians, and then there'll be another, another one that follows it up, 2 Corinthians. And the main thing that is happening in, in, the, uh, in the church of Corinth is this. Corinth was a very prominent place, and uh, before the church came, um, they had a, a way of life, and it was very promiscuous, and it had a lot of sexual immorality, but to them it wasn't immoral, it was a way of life. And as the church gets established in Corinth, what's happening is, unfortunately, the church is not changing the culture, but culture has now crept into the church. And so now the church that's supposed to be walking in victory, uh, you know, living out as a beacon of hope and a beacon of healing, is now allowing that immorality inside of the church. And so Paul has to write uh, this letter to the church at Corinth to correct some things so that they can get back to a place of prominence, meaning the church, okay? So that's just a little bit about the context of which Paul is writing this from and who he's writing this to. In, in verse uh, 1 of chapter 14, there's so much that has already taken place, obviously. There's been 13 chapters before this. Uh, we see 1 Corinthians 12, and from chapter 11 to chapter 14, the main focus is on the division that is happening, and he, he writes to correct that division. In chapter 12, uh, we see he writes about the gifts of the Spirit. And, uh, and we're going to read a portion of that today. He says, hey, here's the gifts of the Spirit. They've been distributed to each believer, and they're to use for the mutual edification and building up of the body of Christ. That's the church. That's us. And then in verse uh, chapter 13, he goes into, y'all know what the chapter 13 is, anybody? It's, it's known as the love chapter, 
okay? So if you're new to church and you wanna know a little bit about biblical love, go to 1 Corinthians 13, and so you read this, and the whole thing's about love. And now we, he brings it back into 14, he brings it back to the gifts, and he says this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse one, he says, let love be your highest goal. Okay, I'm gonna read it in context. Let love be your highest goal. It's in context in mine, I don't, it's an exclamation point. That's how he reads it. Like, hey, guys, wake up. I need you to let love be your highest goal. Stop having divisions, stop having all of these fights, stop bickering, stop, come on, that's a good word for this moment, right? Stop arguing over politics. It's getting quiet already. Let love be your highest goal. The word love here, there's three words for love in the Bible. This is the, the highest one, this is agape. This is unconditional love. So, so don't let your love be conditioned. Use the love that's not conditioned. In other words, it doesn't matter what they're saying. It doesn't matter who they're voting for. It doesn't matter what, listen, let's just love people. Matter of fact, let that be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. What are the special abilities? Well, it, it says it here. Um, it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So in other words, let the gifts of the Spirit, man, let, let, let be, begin to desire those. And it says, especially that you might, might prophesy. Why does it say that? What is prophecy? Prophecy is one of the gifts of the Spirit that gives us the ability divinely by the Holy Spirit to, to foresee things that are gonna happen, to foresee events and begin to proclaim those events that are gonna happen, okay? Why does he say especially desire that one? Because the Bible says that in the last days, he's gonna pour out his spirit upon all flesh of all blood, and your sons and your daughters are gonna prophesy. It would appear in scripture that although there are all these varieties of gifts, that oftentimes prophecy is the gateway to the rest of the gifts, okay? And so he says, I want you to desire all the gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. This is the one verse we're gonna camp, or one, one verse we're gonna camp out on. And let love be your highest goal but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, this one verse would come alive, that you would teach us from it, we would grow from it. God, I pray even more than that, that uh, people that are new to Canvas Church and maybe those that have been attending for a long time would learn something about who we are and, and what's taking place in our church even now in this moment. So God, we just say let your kingdom come, let your will be done. God, help me create an environment now where people can discover your son Jesus, know your awesome love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. When I was uh, when I was a newbie homeowner, any, anybody ever been a newbie homeowner before? Um, or maybe like it's, it's something you're renting, but they allowed you to work on it. I remember I wanted to drill uh, into um, this this concrete floor so that I could put a new track for a for a. Um, uh, a closet door, right? Like those little sliding ones, right? And so I'm all excited. I'm a newbie uh, homeowner, and you know, I just feel like I'm going to tackle the world, and I'm going to I'm going to put in a closet door. And so, um, so you know, I measure it up, go to Home Depot, pick out the door, uh, what they have in stock, bring it home. I'm excited, um, and so I, I go to position that track, and I go to drill in uh, to put the track down, and my drill ain't going nowhere. It's just like anybody ever been there before. 
It's just, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try a different method. I'll try a, a, a concrete nail. Anybody ever tried that before? With a little hammer, and I'm trying to tap that thing, and it ain't going nowhere. And so I go back to the drill, and I'm like, and I think, man, I'm, and so I'm like, hey, babe, I think I need a new drill. And she's like, why? I said, this one ain't working. And uh, that didn't work. I didn't get my new drill. Um, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And so I talked to one of my friends, and my friend was like, well, let me ask you this question. I'm like, what? He goes, um, are you using a concrete drill bit? I'm like, they make drill bits out of concrete? <laughs> He laughed at me. He goes, no, you dummy. Are you using a drill bit specifically for concrete? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> Didn't know they existed. I'm going back to Home Depot. And so I go back to Home Depot and I find me a, a masonry drill bit and I put that thing in. And so I, I go and I'm trying to drill again. It's doing a little bit better, uh, but I still ain't getting very far, right? And he's like, well, what do you have? And I was like, I don't know. It's a Black & Decker little drill that, that was given to my wife. Come on, somebody. And like, no, bro, you need, you need a roto hammer. Uh, like, like, it needs to hammer while you're drilling. And I'm like, what is that? I'm like, can't I just go like this while I'm drilling? Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> and so he says, never mind, I'm coming over. I got one you can borrow. And so he came over with his, you know, Makita, you know, show off, right? And he gets it out and he's just like, like, like in seconds. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I've been working on this for three days. Come on. Y'all feel my pain, Right? I work this for thirty. Are you kidding me? Like you drilled four holes in like five minutes. That's not even fair. Boom! We put that tray out a beautiful closet door. Here's what I realized: if I don't have the special tools that I need to do the job, I'm going to be frustrated in my process. Here is what Paul is declaring in 1 Corinthians 14, verse one. And we're going to look at both of them here just briefly. But you need to love people. But listen to me: you need to get the special tools in your life. You need to get the special abilities. You need to get the gifts of the spirit. Matter of fact, he says in such a way, he says, you need to pursue them. You need to, you need to go after them. That, that, that word desire, I looked it up, and it means to pursue with zeal. To pursue with zeal. I mean, let me ask you this question. When's the last time you desired so where you pursued something with zeal? Right? Like, like, when's the last time you were awake all night writing poetry to your loved one, right? And pursued with zeal. Like, 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 it keeps you awake. It keeps you thinking. Like, man, I can't wait for that next moment. I can't. You're going after it. This is what Paul says. I want you to, I want you to desire. I want you to pursue with zeal. But before he says that, he says this. I, I need you to understand. I need you to have love as your highest goal. I need to have love as your highest goal. Let, let, it, let it be there. Why? Because if love is our highest goal, the gifts of the Spirit will flow from a healthy place. I've seen the gifts of the Spirit used in an unhealthy way. He said, let love be your highest goal, but pursue, desire the gifts of the Spirit. Now here's something you need to understand. The gifts of the Spirit exist where the Holy Spirit is. Here at Canvas Church, man, I tell people all the time, man, we, we are a presence-driven church. We are a church, then that wants the presence of God more than anything. You say, okay, that's great. How do you know when the presence of God shows up? Man, listen, the, the presence of God is not an emotion. The presence of God is not a tingling feeling. The presence of God, you know the presence of God shows up because the gifts of the Spirit are there. They're in operation, they're happening. So, so, so like even this morning, my, my, my beautiful wife gets up and she says, I feel like this is what's happening. 
What is that? That's a word of knowledge. That's the gifts of the Spirit. Man, the Holy Spirit is there. Anybody ever seen the Chronicles of Narnia? That, again, this side, nobody on, nobody on that side watches movies, nobody on that side takes notes, and nobody on that side wants to be at church right now. I'm just kidding. Chronicles of Narnia, it's like a classic, right? Like, okay, you didn't watch the movie, you're right. How many of you guys have ever read the Chronicles of Narnia? And again, all right, um, right? And there's the, but there's this scene in one of the movies, I don't remember which one it is, but I love it. And, and the kids, you know, Susan, Edmund, Lucy, and Peter. I got them all right. They're walking through the snow, and all of a sudden they look behind them, and they see this, this uh, sled coming at them. And, and, and they think it's the white witch, and so they're running for their lives, and they hide. But lo and behold, it's Santa Claus, a spiritual Santa Claus, of course. All right? And what does this Santa do? It's representative of God in the movie, or, or the Holy Spirit actually in the movie. He comes and he gives them special abilities. He comes and he gives them these gifts, okay? He distributes them to each of them. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you as a Christ follower. He's chasing you down, but he also wants you to pursue them, to go after them, to latch on. Here at Canvas Church, man, I'm telling you that, uh, that this is taking place right now. Uh, last week, um, God spoke to me in a moment of worship that there was somebody here that was addicted to pain medication. Anybody remember that? I just, I said it, right? Addicted to pain medication. And, you know, we didn't have anybody come forward at that point and do that type of thing. I just left it out that we prayed for that person. We didn't know who it was. Um, well, on Sunday night, I received a message from somebody who said, hey, I need to get together and talk with you. I'm like, great. Now, in my spirit, I felt like this is the person but I didn't say anything. I said, yeah, we arranged it Thursday night. Thursday night, six o'clock, we meet in my office. We, I, I, hear his, I hear some of his testimony, his life story. He said, man, I gotta share something with you. I said, what's that? He said, I'm, I'm the person you mentioned on Sunday morning. I, I've, I've, been, I've been taking pain medication for 20 years. He said, but this is the crazy part. Last night, the night before, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, I went to pick up my pain medication. And when I got there, the pharmacist said, you know what, someone already came and picked it up. He said, hold on a second. Like, no, like that, that wasn't me. And so they had to get the sheriff's department involved, found out it wasn't him, someone stole this pain medication, they gave him his pain medication. And as he gets home, he's about ready to take his pain medication and he stops and he says, this is not the way of life. I don't wanna continue to take pain medication. And 24 hours, not even 24 hours later, Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit speaks and says, there's somebody here that is addicted to pain medication and you feel like there's shame on your life and you don't, know what, and don't want anybody to know about it. Um, but God wants to set you free. And so in my office right there, we prayed. And I believe that God's gonna set him free from that pain medication. So why, why, do, I share, why do I share that with you? I share that with you because I believe God is moving right now in our church. That God is doing something supernatural in our church. Matter of fact, this morning as I was sitting in my office praying, I got here early. Why? Because we set our clocks back. <laughs> so I had lots of time to pray. And I was sitting in my office praying and I started praying for all my pastor friends that I know. And I started shooting them texts and I, I, stole, I stole Pastor Miguel's word, revival. And I said, hey man, God's doing something great, man. Revival's coming. And they're texting me, like, yeah, this is awesome. And all of a sudden, God would begin to give me words for them. 
And so I said, hey, I don't know, but boom, boom, boom. And so one of my friends uh, says, uh, hey, man, that's awesome. Thank you for praying for us. And I just texted him back and said, hey, I just feel like, I feel like there's going to be somebody that walks into your church today um, that has cancer um, and that it's terminal and that, that, that God's going to miraculously heal them today. And so they liked it. About 45 minutes later, right, right as I'm walking in here prayer, they texted me back. They said there was a new lady that came to our church for the very first time today. She came up for prayer and has stage four cancer. And she's been going through chemo and she gets her reports next week. So I showed her this text that you sent me even before I even met her. And we prayed for her and we believe a miracle is going to happen. Come on, isn't that awesome? That's God. Why am I sharing this with you? Because this is what he says to desire. Desire for these things to be happening. Desire for these things to be operation. But first and foremost, let love be your highest goal. There are two things I believe more than ever that our, our country needs and our culture needs. And that is love and that is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That is love and that is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Love, agape, unconditional. Man, let it be your highest goal. Listen to me. Come Tuesday, come Wednesday, come Thursday, come Friday, come Saturday, come Sunday. It doesn't matter what happens in the election. I want to urge you, church, let love be your highest goal. Love people. There are people that are going to be wounded. There are people that are going to be hurting. Uh, there, there's going to be possibly some chaos erupting in different places. Guess what we're going to do as a church? We're going to rise up in love. We're going to rise up in love. We're going to lead with love. We're going to love people. we got to let love lead. we got to let it be the greatest thing. But then secondly, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before. I believe that. And here Paul writes to the church at Corinth, to a culture that so much looks like ours. What are the gifts of the Spirit? 1 Corinthians 12 says, starting in verse 4, it says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom. There's one of them. Through the spirit to another, a word of knowledge. There's another one. Through the same spirit uh, to another, faith. There's another one. By the same spirit to another, gifts of healings. The same spirit to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. And to another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one of the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. He's distributing these special abilities. He's distributing these gifts. Why? Because as the church, man, we can sit there all day long and just be drilling if we want. Or if we want to be effective in the culture and in the time that we're living now, I believe more than ever we need the gifts of the Spirit. Are you with me today? Why desire the gifts of the Spirit? Why pursue them? They'll help us with the work of the ministry as he gives us these special abilities. Not only that, here's what happens, because remember, uh, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit don't show up without the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit begins to show up, begins to move, and he's the one that we most intimately relate to now, when he shows up and begins to move, the Bible says that he will lead us and guide us in all truth. Here is one big fact you need to know about the culture today. There is no such thing as absolute truth. I'm not saying that. The Bible doesn't say that. Culture says that. Or whatever I believe is true is true. Whatever I, my truth is, that, that's, that's truth. 
There is a big problem with that because now you take away a platform for any healthy conversations, any healthy debates, any healthy reasoning. We need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us in all truth. We need the Holy Spirit because 2 Corinthians 4, 4 tells us that the God of this age has blinded the hearts and the minds of people. Well, how does that veil come off? Man, I'm telling you right now, I can't preach it off. You can't worship it off. The only thing you can do is Holy Spirit it off. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit is the one. It says in John 16, 8, that the Holy Spirit will be the one that comes and convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of the judgment that's to come. It is the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Just recently, I was having a conversation with some people, um, and it was a pretty difficult conversation. But, but the conversation, I, I felt like it was just kind of surface level. And uh, my wife would tell me later, like, I, I kept wondering why you were pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. I wasn't pushing back. I felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me, like, hey, that's not truth. They're not being honest. They're not telling the truth. And so I kept digging, and I kept digging, and I kept digging. And there was that moment where you felt the Holy Spirit come up on that conversation. And all of a sudden, boom, that veil was lifted, and they shared what was really in their heart. What was it? That's the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit active in my life. I want the Holy Spirit working in my life. Why pursue the gifts of the Spirit? Why pursue the Holy Spirit? Because it says in Acts 2.17, it shall come in the last days. It says God that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Well, let me, let me say this. If that's what he's doing in the last days, then shouldn't we pursue what he's doing in the last days? He's pouring out his spirit in the last days, and I'll tell you what, I'm gonna dive in there, and I wanna pursue what he's doing in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit on, on flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall, shall dream dreams. So I'm seeing visions, and Pastor Steve is getting dreams. Come on, somebody. <laughs> With that outpouring comes the special abilities. Amen. So here's the deal. I wanna give you just a couple of quick thoughts real quick, and we'll end. If this is what he's doing, how, how do I let my roots go into that? Okay? Number one, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 tells us, by desiring the gifts. If I want my roots to go down, then, then, then there's, there's something. I mean, it, the, the, the gifts are here. The gifts are available. The gifts are abundant. Right? They're being offered. They're being distributed. The question is, is the church desiring them? Is the church pursuing them? with zeal, chasing after them. Say, I want that in my life. If we want our roots to go down, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 tells us right here, hey, desire the gifts, pursue with zeal, go after enthusiastically. Right, like what, like what, think of the last thing you went after enthusiastically. I don't know what it was. But are you going after the presence of God? Are you going after the gifts of the Spirit enthusiastically? And listen, it's not, it's, not, it's not a Sunday morning thing. It's not a worship moment. This is for life. Man, I'm telling you right now, time and time again, the Holy Spirit has kept us from making poor decisions, going a direction, doing something we shouldn't have done. Why is that? Because one of our prayers every morning is, God, we, we wanna be led by your spirit. We wanna walk through every open door and run from every closed door. So God, would you just shut the doors that we're not supposed to walk through? Being led by the Spirit, desiring the gifts, letting them be in operation. I mean, a word of knowledge will come as you're about ready to do a business transaction. Don't do that. That's the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore him. 
But are you desiring, are you pursuing with zeal? <laughs> Got to desire it if you want to be rooted in it. Here, listen, listen at Canvas Church. This morning as I was sitting in my office, I said, man, I can't just preach about it. So as I was texting my friends, I'm like, you know what, God, give me a word for them. I want to I I desire this. I want this to be operational right now. So I texted another friend, another pastor friend. I said, praying for you, man. I'm on his board. Help him oversee his church. I'm like, I'm praying for you, man. And uh, man, I just feel like revival's come. He's like, yes. And I said, you know, God just gave me a word. I said, there's somebody in your church that, man, they're, they're, they're a married couple. And they're, they're, one of them's diving all in, the other isn't. It's caused a strain on the marriage. And I, I just laid out this whole thing. He just texted back. He goes, Wow. He goes, I needed this, and I know exactly who it's for. I just want it to be in operation all the time. I want to desire. Number two, number two, stir up the gifts. Stirring up the gifts. Second Timothy 1, 6 through 7 says this. And this is Paul writing his son in the faith, Timothy, who's a pastor. says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now I wanna go to that verse seven because here's the thing. We use that verse for a lot of things and it's a powerful verse. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's awesome. But look at what it's directly correlated with. It's directly connected to the verse before it. I wanna remind you to stir up the gifts that are in you through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What is Paul saying to Timothy? He's saying, look, the one thing that's gonna keep you from releasing the gifts, listen to me. You don't think it's intimidating sometimes, whether it's in conversation or especially on a Sunday morning. Listen to me. It's one thing for me to text my friend and it's just between the two of us and he can be like, yeah, whatever, Ben. It's one thing for me to be in a conversation with an individual and say, hey, I feel like this is what's happening, you need to do this. It's another thing on a Sunday morning for me to get up here and say, hey, there is somebody here addicted to pain medication. Anybody want to respond? Okay. You know what I have to battle through and what you have to battle through in that moment? Fear. Fear that, A, there's nobody out there like that. Fear that the people that are coming to your church are going to think you're a freak show. I've already said it a long time ago. I know I'm that. <laughs> Fear that people are going to be like, oh, well, what, kind, what kind of a church is this? We're the kind of church that believes in teaching sound Bible doctrine, but embraces and practices the gifts of the Spirit as seen in 1 Corinthians 12. That's who we are. And we're going to do it unashamedly. Why? Because I don't want to be sitting here with a drill. <laughs> Not going anywhere. I want to go where the Holy Spirit's taking us. So I want to stir up the gifts... I don't want to operate in fear. I don't want to be held back in fear. I'm telling you right now, there, man, our culture needs us more than ever. I can't wait to get to January because I can't wait to preach the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. And there's so much happening in our culture right now. Well, don't say that about that people group. You can't. Don't say that about this. You can't. What is that? That's fear. Trying to hinder the move of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. The word stir means to, check this out, it means to kindle up. It means to inflame one's mind. It means to strengthen. The, the, anybody ever play sports? I'm just gonna ask this side because I know that side hasn't. Has anybody ever played sports? Thank you, awesome. Um, this, is, this is the picture, okay? When I, played, when I played college basketball, we would do something to hype each other up, right? Or like football players, you know, they're all on there, they're like they're banging, well, they used to, not anymore because of, you know, brain injuries. But 
You know, they're, 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 they're amping each other up. They're stirring each other up, getting ready for the game. You know, it's like a chant. It's a whatever. It's a slap the thing as you win, you know, as you're walking out. What is that? They're doing what, what, what Paul is telling to do to Timothy right now. They're stirring themselves up for the game. They're getting amped up. They're inflaming their minds. They're going to go out and they're going to win. This is the same thing that the Bible is telling us to do as Christians, as Christ followers. You should have saw me in my office today. Come on, somebody. I'm chest button the wall. Boom, we're gonna do this today. You know, just have a little thing that says gifts of the spirit as I walk out, slap it, you know. Just kidding, although we might have to do that. Now, now you can laugh at that, but this is exactly what Paul is telling Timothy to do. I want you to amp yourself up. Some of you know how to amp yourself up for a lot of things. Why don't we take that same thought and say, I want the gifts of the Spirit to move in my church, in my life, in my family. Amen? Be in prayer, be in worship, be at church, be in a community to help stir up the gifts. Lastly, band, you can come. Number three, it does no good to pursue or to desire Unless, number three, we release the gifts of the Spirit. It does, does no good. It does no good. Now, here's the thing. Some of you are sitting there right now like, man, I feel pumped up. I'm ready to go. I'm inflamed. I got zeal. I don't know what my gifts are. I believe in the app. Um, we put a link. I don't know if it's clickable. Yeah, but, but you should be able to copy that and paste that uh, into a browser. Free online. Bible-based gifts test. You can just click it and it goes to it. That's awesome. So you have to get the app. You try clicking on that paper right now. It's not working. The note taker's on paper. You're like, well, it's not working. Why won't it work? It won't take anywhere. In the app, if you click on it, it'll take you to this test. Then take that test. Find out what your gifts are. Okay? And then, and then share it with your small group. Be like, I took a matter of fact. Wouldn't that be a great small group? Because you can do this if you're an online small group or a live small group. What if this week all the small groups said, you know what? Let's take this test together and let's talk about what our gifts are. Right? Because it doesn't matter if you're an outreach small group. It doesn't matter if you're a, you know, you know parent in, in, the, in the park with kids small group. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what your small group is. They know the gifts that God has given you. Here's the thing. You'll get some results back. But don't let a computer tell you. Take those now and say, okay, Holy Spirit, is this, is this the gifts that, that are placed in my life? I want to operate in those. And then you just begin, number three, release the gifts of the Spirit. Romans 12, 6 says, in His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I mean, guys, I want, I want, I want some people in my life to have that gift. Some, I, you know, sometimes I look around and I think, do people think that the, there's a gift of discouragement? I don't want you in my life if that's your gift. I don't want you ministering that gift over my life. No, there is no, it's the gift of encouragement, encouraging one another. If it's the gift of giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. 
And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Then we go back to Timothy, Paul's son in the face, 1 Timothy 4, 14. It says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received. Here's what the word neglect means. It says, do not treat carelessly, do not make light of, do not disregard the spiritual gift you received through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Amen? Amen. Church, this is us. Now, we're a church that desires the presence of God. You're wondering what's been happening over the last couple weeks as, 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 as words of knowledge and words of wisdom are coming forth. Someone responds and we pray for them. Uh, what's taking place? I'll tell you what's taking place. The gifts of the Spirit are active because wherever the presence of God is, there's the gifts of the Spirit. And I believe that this is a moment as a church where we're going to dive harder into that, further into that. Come on, it's happening in the youth ministry on, on Wednesday nights. As a matter of fact, man, youth ministry on Wednesday night was over the top. We gave, we got, I, man, I got some of our, 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 our just graduated last year uh, students together and said, hey, you guys plan the whole night and run it. Boom, over the top. More kids than I've ever seen shown up probably since COVID. I mean, it was packed. It was awesome. It was amazing. God did something incredible. I'm telling you, the gifts of the Spirit are alive in our youth ministry. Listen to me. It's not just our youth ministry right here. Come on, the children's ministry. The children's ministry, the gifts of the Spirit are happening. They're alive. And I believe that God's going to continue, come on, to do something great right here at Canvas Church. And I want you to dive deep. I want your roots to go down. How do they go down? Let's start pursuing it. Let's start stirring it up and let's start releasing it. Come on, in our small groups, in conversations, in cafes or in courtyards or in lobbies. Come on, at your job place, wherever it is. Let's see the gifts of the Spirit released in our life. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? God, we thank you, Lord, for today. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. God, we thank you, Lord God, for the gifts that are being stirred up. Hallelujah. You're a good God. Two things right before I dismiss. Uh, one is this. Um, band's going to flow for a little bit. And uh, if you're here and you're saying, man, pastor, I don't really know what they are. I'm going to go home and I'm going to take the test. Um, but I don't really know what they are. But I would love some prayer that those gifts would be released in my life. I want to know what they are. We're going to open that up. Pastors, leaders will put masks on. Um, and we'd love to pray for you and see those gifts released in your life. Don't know what they are? Take that test. It'll help point you in the right direction at least. But here's one thing we're going to begin to do as a church um, as we head into this series, and it's going to continue, is um, we're going to move into a place of, of deeper intimacy, deeper worship, and we're going to do what the Bible tells us to do, to stir it up and release it. And so over the next couple weeks, um, who's ever preaching, is we're just going to bring it to a close, and we're going to say, hey, go grab your kids. Bring them back over here. And we're gonna go about another 10, 15 minutes and just worship and allow the gifts of the Spirit to be released in our services. So I wanna I want encourage you, come ready, come expect it, and uh, we're gonna see what God does. It's gonna be awesome. Then I'm gonna be working with the team and we're gonna look at some special nights where we can just come and worship and see some more of that stuff happening uh, right here in our church. Anybody would look forward to that? I think, I think that's where God's leading us. I think that's what he's doing. I, I'm excited about it, okay? So if you need Jesus in your life, you want the gifts of the Spirit stirred up in your life. You want them released. I'm going to pray. Come on forward. 
and uh, we're going to pray for you today. God, thank you for an incredible day at Canvas Church. Lord, thank you for this new series. I pray that you would take us deeper, uh, and uh, Lord, that we would walk away, Lord God, knowing that our roots are in good soil, and that you're doing a great work. But I pray for those that need to respond this morning, saying yes to you. I pray for those that are, are looking for those gifts to be released in their life. Lord, let it happen here today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.